What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is The KJ Show. The KJ Show with host Dr. Katherine Johnson is a mix of breaking news and practical advice on the many ways in which the energy industry can affect you and your family. Catherine will combine energy updates and conversations with leaders in the energy efficiency community. So please welcome your host, Dr. KJ. Hello and welcome to the KJ Show. I'm Dr. Katherine Johnson, your host. You're watching on the Bold Brave TV network. And today I talk about all things energy. And today I really had a fun idea. I decided to go be a little more optimistic and talk about some of the out of the world energy ideas that scientists from notable universities are putting together in order to help reduce our pollution and our greenhouse gas emissions and to really help save the planet. Um, I'm trying to stay this with a straight face. I'm not doing well. Um, it's mind blowing. And that's, I couldn't believe some of the ideas that are being tested at some of our leading universities. But before I even get to the segment that normally this place would be in, I actually have to get to the breaking news and you can't make this stuff up. And unfortunately, we've been through a lot of hurricanes and disasters recently, Florida, Hawaii, um, there's just all kinds of places that, you know, we've had a lot of hurricanes. Well, unfortunately, um, the one in Maui for a while, they were blaming on climate change and then they stopped. And I'm wondering if this is the reason that Biden maybe didn't visit it too much too, if, you know, for a while, he still hasn't even been to East Palestine, Illinois. Right. But Hawaii electric knew about the wildfire damage potential. I mean, it happened, wildfires happened with PG&E all the time, right, in California. So it's not like it's unusual to hear that wildfires, you know, would happen due to electric power issues. Well, the Hawaiian Electric was well aware of the infrastructure issues, but they decided not to spend the money. You know why? Because they were directed to make, uh, they concluded in 2019 that they was more, invest more in preventing its power plans from emitting sparks than maybe 
reducing the wildfire. And actually, they actually invested instead in state-mandated shift to renewable energy. There it is. So they knew that the power that they knew that the uh, there was going to be problems with electric lines. They knew electric lines generate sparks. Duh. They also knew that that could cause wildfires in Maui. However, they didn't make the investments in the fire fire retardant poles and other aggressive monitoring. Um, and they only spent $250,000 and they didn't even ask for weight rate reduction or rate repayment until um, 2022 for wildlife prevention activities. So Hawaiian Electric may have been negligent perhaps, but they were actually trying to use their resources to actually invest in state mandated shift towards renewable energy. So renewable energy may be one of the reasons that, you know, they have limited resources and they can't get all of their rates back and, you know, utilities have to operate within their rate structure. So here's an interesting comment from the public commissioner, former public service commissioner who chaired the Hawaiian Utilities Commission from 2011 to 2015. You have to look at the scope and scale of the transformation within the Hawaiian Electric that was occurring throughout the system. While there was a concern for wildfire risk, Politically, the focus was on more electricity generation. So yeah, it's man-made, created, all right. Yeah, wildfires were actually, you know, caused by, not by climate change though, caused by political policies that put safety behind renewable energy. I don't think that's a good idea. I think it's a very cautionary tale. And isn't it interesting that all of a sudden all those news articles about how climate, you know, how the wildfires are caused by climate change went away when this story came out. And they never told this part of the story. They never do, do they? Um, another interesting thing, and talking about natural disasters, we go from Hawaii, we go to Florida, which of course had this hur- horrible hurricane um, that came down and brutally went through parts of Florida that had never had a hurricane. But an electric car caught in fire after the hurricane. Apparently when the water gets into, water gets into the, um, the shift or the, 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 the batteries, the salt water, it actually causes abruptions and causes all kinds of problems. So, um, so, you know, so the problem, the problem is that the water, salt water creates a fire of these electric vehicles. And the official said the inferno firefighters are being trained on how to actually put out these fires, but they spray 200 gallons per minute on the car it takes 45 minutes to extinguish, and they basically just have to wait for the battery to run out. Um, this is also similar. Another EV caught on fire in, um, in another part of Florida, and a Florida chief financial officer warned that the, one of the leading voices about the f- dangers of electric vehicles faced during floodwaters. He said, we saw a number of fires associated with the EVs from Hurricane Ian before Hurricane Idalia. We know that the salt water from the storm surge can compromise these batteries, causing fires which can be easily not be easily suppressed. The best fire teams, all they can do is keep the, bat, the water going until the battery is put out, which is a problem too. If we're in the middle of a hurricane disaster and we have a fire, how much water are we going to take to put out the EV batteries as opposed to, say, other fires that may be breaking out in the, in the area too? And according to data from the United States Department of Energy, Florida has the second highest number of registered electric vehicles and firefighters are, you know, still learning how to put out these fires. But this is, together, one of those unintended consequences of, yeah, let's promote electric vehicles 
and put them in states where there's a lot of you know electric vehicle charging available but when you have a hurricane they catch fire and it takes an awful lot of resources to put put the fires out and of course the cars are completely ruined um, another really interesting problem that's been happening and i mentioned this a few a few episodes ago was that wind turbines especially siemens wind turbines are actually breaking now siemens energy is critical to the wind turbine um, movement in europe and they're now worried that they found out that they are concerned that fixing the problems associated with their wind turbines could cost more than 1.1 billion dollars and that means it'll be actually uh, a ra- a ha- actually affect their stocks and also maybe force the company into financial disasters they said that they think that to repair each windmill wind turbine will be 1.7 million dollars and they're hoping that it's only the new generation of wind turbines that are in trouble, not the older ones that have been constructed all over Europe. But the projections are thinking that it could cost the company billions of dollars to fix turbines that break. Great, great technology to invest in in our future, don't you think? Um, so anyway, so today's show is talking about sort of the wild, out-of-this-world energy ideas. Um, some may be feasible, some may not. But let's come back. When you come back, I'm, uh, we'll talk about, continue our discussion. I'm Dr. Katherine Johnson. You're watching the KJ Show and the Bold Brave TV Network, and I'll be right back. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation author radio show host and coach john m hawkins reveals strategies to help gain perspective build confidence find clarity achieve goals john m hawkins new book Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them. Rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies. Find settings that allow them to be the most productive and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And welcome back to the KJ Show on the Bold Brave TV Network. I'm Dr. Katherine Johnson, your host. And today I'm talking about some of these really out-of-the-world energy ideas that are being floated around and being explored by some of the largest companies and, and universities in the country. So um, one of them is actually 
kind of interesting. Well, they all are. Uh, the first one is that they may think researchers are actually considering and going to the moon to mine those rare earth minerals, those rare earth elements I've been talking about on the show, the ones that we use to make smartphone batteries and EV panels and solar panels and all those different things that we need for a renewable energy revolution. Well, apparently the moon has a lot of these important rare earth minerals and that we need. NASA actually says that um, there's more than a million tons of helium-3 which is used as part of rare, it's one of those rare earth elements. And the isotope could provide nuclear energy in a fusion reactor, and it's not radioactive. So helium might be a place to mine helium. We also might mine other kinds of things, rare earth minerals that I've been talking about. Um, and according to research by Boeing, says that some sort of infrastructure would have to be established on the moon. The conditions would mean robots would have to do the hard work, uh, but water would allow for human Gap, uh, human presence, but current law really just isn't out there yet. Literally, um, there's the United Nations, which had a 1966 Outer Space Treaty, which says that no nation can claim sovereignty over the moon or other celestial bodies, and that exploration of space should be carried out for the benefit of all countries. Has anyone told China that? Uh, but lawyers say it's unclear because whether a private entity could claim sovereignty. So, I mean, does this mean like maybe Elon Musk could go to the moon and say it's now Musk country? I don't know. But it's really funny to think about how we're actually considering doing mining in space and there's going to be a, a land grab, basically. Space mining is literally relatively little existing policy on governance, despite the potentially high stakes, according to a RAND study conducted last year. And there's a 1979 moon agreement that says no part of the moon shall become property of any state or organization, national or in non-governmental entity or any natural person. It's a great law. It just hasn't ever been ratified by anybody. So they want to use, they want to go to space and mine the rare earth minerals because they're not apparently rare at the moon. I just think that there'd be an awful lot of logistical challenges in getting the material back to the United States or back to earth. But, you know, why would we let costs and practicality get in the way of these ideas, right? This is why I call them literally out of the world. There's another really interesting story I found, and I'm having a really hard time keeping a straight face because now there's researchers at UK's Newcastle University are actually exploring a way to use fungal networks called myoceum to build new structures. They're actually looking at ways to grow basically fungus like mushrooms and create a, a stable building material that can be used to construct homes. Um, they said that these, these myoceum are small strings that are part of a fungus that intertwine underground with tree roots. It's part of a network that, of plants that pass water and they actually create the tree, allow the trees to communicate. And then mushrooms actually um, grow on top of them. So they're comparing it to what gnomes live in. Now gnomes, um, I know that there are trolls apparently in Iceland, but apparently gnomes may exist as well because they apparently live in these mushroom kind of houses. And that's literally what these people are proposing with a straight face. Let's go build houses out of mushroom fungus. Now, I'm allergic to mushrooms, so I wouldn't be able to live there much. But it's just, to me, it's astonishing the lengths of which people will go to replace concrete, which is a huge uh, source of greenhouse gas emissions and air pollution, which is the reason they're funding it. The moisture is then they actually mix this little mold and they basically create these little fungi 
in the basement kind of like dark, damp conditions and, and you know, perfect for growing mushrooms. And then the experts involved in the process and they actually have little molds now and they can actually create it and they call it myoconcrete. So it's basically a replacement for concrete. And they proved the concept and they built a, a, a building called a bio kit and it actually outperformed other, other samples. And accordingly, it has uh, allows for no weak spots, freestanding, freestanding, freestanding structures made out of fungus. Uh, it's it's unbelievable to me. Um, and then they said that the fungus can prove versatile enough to replace concrete. Even uh, in a portion of our buildings, the results could be impactful. Princeton University reported the concrete is the most consumed product on Earth after water, and it contributes 4.4 billion tons of pollution a year. So they're looking for ways to replace concrete in our building buildings. So we're going to grow mushrooms, use them, intertwine them with tree vines and roots, and create new buildings. Does anyone think we've fallen down the rabbit hole into almost an Alice in Wonderland kind of, a, kind of approach here? To me, this is just terrifying. And and also, how much money is being set, set, spent on growing mushrooms in the basement? Now, at least these are mushrooms for um, uh, mushrooms for you know building houses. But you know, mold is not a good thing. In fact, we spend in energy efficiency world, we spend an awful lot of time and money remediating mold in people's houses because it causes asthma and all kinds of infect, respiratory infections. And there's a whole slew of things that happen when you get mold in your home. So, but now we're actually going to cultivate it and bring it in this mold and mold and bacteria put put into mold and this mixture of um, mycelium and other types of thing to make a paste that could be clean and grows to form and then it dried and it creates a building cleaner material that be cleaner than foam or timber or plastic. I don't know. Um, I'm a little worried, but you know, then again, this is the this is really literally not even brave new world this is the brave this is almost a science fiction type of uh type of revelation and it's terrifying to me um and then the other thing it came into i found a really fun little little story apparently there was a an article where the united states is actually planning the department of energy is actually planning on developing a vacuum cleaner to clean out the carbon removal it's part of a carbon dioxide removal strategy such as direct air capture in which most of the world's energy would be sucked out. It's basically a giant vacuum cleaner that Jennifer Granholm, the Department of Energy Secretary, is actually saying could work. Um, <laughs> okay, it says it can suck up decades of old carbon pollution straight out of the sky. And this was actually going to be funded. It's going to be funded by the Inflation Reduction Act, um, which is, you know, one out of the $1.3.5 billion dollars is actually allocated to develop direct air capture products. Our tax dollars at work. We're going to fund a giant vacuum cleaner. Even Al Gore is skeptical about the ability of this technology. And that's saying something. So Gore is wrong to suggest, uh, an opinion piece said, that um, our climate, you know, Jennifer Granholm called this vacuum cleaner part of our climate crisis fighting arsenal. Wow. Are we scraping the bottom of the barrel yet? Are we running out of ideas or has the, have, have the inmates taken over the asylum? I sometimes wonder that some of these ideas are so ludicrous, but they're getting funded. That's the scary part. 
Where is the pushback? Well, that'll be coming up. Um, I'm Dr. Katherine Johnson, your host on the KJ Show on the Bold Brave TV network, and I'll be right back. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to EasySense.com and learn how, with your help, we can fight these horrific brain disorders. That's EasySense.com to learn more and help support the Broderick Foundation. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them. We discover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And welcome back to the KJ Show. I'm Dr. Katherine Johnson, your host on the Bold Brave TV Network. Today I'm talking about some really out-of-the-world energy ideas. And I've been sort of, you know, kind of dishing on the electric vehicles a bit in my shows because frankly, there's a lot to, there's a lot to concern with them. But I want to point out that there's actually been some really good technological changes and adaptions and the car worker makers are actually working on improving those issues that affect and are of concern to electric vehicle owners, primarily the battery life and, and how long they can go on a charge, right? The charging infrastructure. So a couple different car manufacturers who make EVs are actually coming out with new technologies. Mercedes-Benz announced that its new EV can travel 620 miles on a single charge thanks to a new feature where it basically puts in this highly efficient EV that has, um, it reduced the drag. It's basically changed the design and the drag coefficient. And it also allows them to, it's lighter, which is a big thing because electric vehicles are very heavy. So it's 30% lighter, so it can travel longer on a single charge. Um, They also say that it has the longest range of any EV on the market. And the solar panels basically are on the roof and the window, converts it into uh, a, uh, converts it into a paddle that add, they don't add to the mileage, but they do add to um, the energy efficiency of it. So it sounds great, except the problem is that this particular car manufacturer, Mercedes, says it's a really great idea, but it'll never hit the production line. It's a concept car. So yes, in theory, we can extend the range of electric vehicles, and Mercedes-Benz has proven it. 
but it's not going to hit the production line because they probably won't make any money on it. And the main purpose is to be an inspiration for electric Mercedes vehicles moving forward. They put all that time investment to say, theoretically, we can do it, but financially, we can't. Um, in, in our world, that's called a cost-benefit analysis. And the concept vehicle won't be coming to the streets. It has already started to making its way in other types of cars. So yes, there are electric vehicle batteries that cars that can run on a really long range. Problem is you can't buy them. And um, and then another challenge that they had is Tesla, another EV manufacturer, of course, has actually announced a change to how it's going to source lithium, which is a good idea. And it's now it's going to actually continue to increase getting lithium from other places. And it's also got a new battery that allows its Model S to travel over 750 miles without recharging. But they're a major development because it means less time to wait for an EV to charge, but a lot and a lot more driving charge time. So Tesla is actually looking at the way, the changing the ways that they source lithium. You know why that is? It's because Tesla's under the new Inflation Reduction Act. Lithium mined from places like controlled by China aren't allowed to uh, be sold. So this is Tesla's very smart strategy to broaden their lithium sources. I wonder if they're thinking about the moon. Um, And the Porsche also brought a new solid state battery that lets electric models charge up to 800 miles on a single charge. It's been known, you know, they actually, Porsche has still never actually completely given away the the notion that it's going to get rid of its internal combustion engines. And I know for a fact that other countries aren't as well. But Porsche has actually uh, increased its investment to create a battery with 50% greater efficiency, and it can hold a charge a lot longer, which again increases the range. So there's some technology that have been out there that have actually improved the batteries, but they actually say it probably won't even be available maybe until 2030, and that the modified solar panels don't actually create a lot of electricity. They actually could... um, you know, help in terms of increasing the range. But the new batteries are not at being added to purchasable car, purchasable cars you can buy yet. It's just expected in the near future. So it's another great technology that they're testing out, but they're not going to actually maybe get to market. And that happens a lot with car companies and drug companies and other manufacturers. They make these interesting concepts, but whether or not they're economically feasible in the real world, how much are they going to really cost? That's a whole other question. Another really interesting story I found is that um, there's these new solar panels that they've invented that can generate electricity at night, again, using out-of-this-world space technology. That what they're actually doing is creating spa- solar panels that charge during the nighttime hours. Now, that sounds really interesting. What they're doing is directing the, se- the, the solar radiation out during night to the cold parts of the of the of the universe, um, and then using that differential to heat energy. Again, I'm not a physicist; I don't understand it. But there's an electric engineer who's done all kinds of work on nighttime solar panels, and he says this actually turns conventional wisdom on its head. It sure does. And it said we tend to think of the sun as an important renewable energy source, but the coldness of outer space. And is also an extremely important renewable energy space. So it basically sends, radiates heat towards the outer space at night. This creates a difference in temperature between the panels and the air. You inth- install a generator onto the panels and the temperature can be harnessed to produce electricity. So these can be actually used to generate electricity by using cold, not, not heat from the sun. Um, 
it sounds fascinating. It sounds amazing. It also sounds a little impractical and probably very expensive. They could actually, um, they say that it says that the, uh, they could actually make, they'll create a lot of, they may not actually create a lot of electricity though. So it's still, again, a theoretical um, idea, but it's, it actually generated the electricity, a small fraction of nighttime electricity that you would generate in during the daytime. So the examples could be used maybe for electronics and sensors, LED lights, things that don't use a lot of electricity, but it's not going to ever be a replacement for what a solar PV system is. So it really does sound like they're just searching for all kinds of solutions and all kinds of technologies that may or may not work. Um, and here's another one, because I am such an animal lover. And um, in fact, I wrote my little news Substack newsletter. If you haven't read it, be sure to sign up and get it at Substack. It's about beavers. Um, but there's a giant artificial bird's nest now that Orsted, a Danish wind farm company, Orsted is actually creating. Giant bird nests are being built in the ocean, and they actually are supposed to help create, um, help uh, you know, protect birds from wind turbines. They say they uh, contracted it with the structures are intended to help support the, this population of this very endangered bird called a kittiwake. And it, it says actually it's been impacted by the wind farm. So what they're doing is they're building new nests so the birds won't get sliced by the wind turbines. They can nest carefully on another part of another. Uh, so they're actually building bird nests in addition to wind turbines. They, um, the nests are approximately six miles off the shore. And they're octagonal structures to house 500 individual nests. And they actually are allowed to have scientists come and they can watch them. And the interior features white barred chairs and tables for research to record information about the study of this bird without being seen by their occupants. Um, This project is supposed to be completed by 2025 and will have, um, so the wind farm is going to create enough power to generate 3 million, to serve 3 million households. Um, but at the same time, their Ostrid is also trying to not uh, contribute to the extinction of these very precious birds. It's an interesting idea, an artificial nest. I tell you, the human ingenuity just is amazing, isn't it? I'm Dr. Katherine Johnson, your host on the Bold Brave TV network. You're watching The KJ Show, and we'll be right back. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening, uh, like a a flow inside, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? 
Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Hey, and welcome back to The KJ Show on the Bold Brave TV Network. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Johnson, and today I'm talking about some energy ideas that are literally out of this world. And I've had a lot of fun finding all these different kinds of technologies. And I mean, I'm always thrilled that the, uh, it's always nice to hear and see all the different ways in which humans can come up with these ideas. Again, some of them are just purely con, uh, concept cars and concept ideas, but it is fun to think about it. And of course, I love to hear from you. Uh, dial in and uh, come and join the conversation about um, all of these crazy ideas, um, literally out of this world ideas that we I found uh, today in the show. Um, I found another one. It's not directly related to energy, but it is sort of in the same realm. It has this now they've discovered a way to actually generate water using the same sort of technology as solar panels. They call them hydro panels and they attach to homes just like solar panels. And the hydro panels are created uh, and they basically is pretty straightforward. Fans on each panel draw in ambient air, push it through this water absorbing material, trapping it in the vapor and basically creating water. Water, you know, then condenses, condensing into air water isn't a new idea. They figured out how to do it. The panel is at $2,000 a piece and can produce 1.3 gallons of water a day. 1.3 gallons of water. That's uh, what? Not even washing my dishes. But it is an interesting idea, and it certainly could be used in places where there's severe drought, maybe, or places where there's a water shortage. So it's something we're thinking about. But um, again, I really just sort of marvel at the uh, at the ingenuity people have. The single panel eliminates the need for 54,000 single-use plastic water bottles, too. And it's working across the world, claims its hydro panels are now being used in 50 countries, providing water to some areas that need it the most, which I think is a great idea. Um, and this actually may, it's a little more affordable than some of the ideas we've had. But I'd love for you to call in, chat, see if you have any comments to you know, add to what I'm saying uh, today, and sort of just sort of discuss some of these, the practicality maybe of some of these ideas that we have. Um, really? I, Hello. Hi. How are you, John? Oh, hi, Dr. KJ. Uh, I'm doing fine. I have a question on the solid-state batteries. I know they're sampling to some of the auto manufacturers now. How far out are they, and what's what's the state of that technology? Do you, what do you think? Uh, you stumped me. I don't, well, I didn't see anything in the, re- the literature when I was uh, preparing today's show about solid state batteries, so I can't really answer that authoritatively. I can tell you, though, it's probably a few years out. I mean, if the new EV batteries that they're testing aren't even going to be on the, on the shopping until 2030, I can't imagine that the other stuff is coming out anytime soon. It hasn't shown up, but what do you know about it? Because you always like to you know, educate me. So tell me more, John. 
I, I know there's several companies. Uh, I think QuantumScape is one. They're shipping products to manufacturers. And what they're promising is very quick charge times, like 10 minutes for, you know, half of the capacity and mm-hmm. longer ranges. And uh, I think they eliminate lithium, which will oh. be a, a very good thing regarding Absolutely. the fires. But uh, I, I would have to agree with you that I think they're still at least a couple years out, if not more. Oh, yeah. And the reason that, you know, the reason they're trying to think of other ways to get rid of lithium is because the the mining, as we've talked about in Africa with child labor, those mines are owned by China. And so um, obviously in the new in the new IRA Inflation Reduction Act actually prohibits batteries um, in EVs that come from China, uh, which is a good thing. um, But, you know, so that's, I guess, you know, one of the good things coming out of it. Um, speaking of which, I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but there's a EV fa- battery factory in Michigan that's owned by a company that's controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, and they're now rec- actively recruiting members of that co- who work there, the, the auto workers, in that Chinese-owned electric vehicle plant to actually become members of the Chinese Party and pled their, plead, pledge their loyalty to China. In Michigan. Wonderful. Yes, we're and they actually are wearing uniforms and they're singing communist Chinese Communist Party songs and they're basically indoctrinating them into becoming part of the Chinese, you know, uh, part of communist China, which I think is there is I think the game's up. I think that's how China is planning to take over the world or take over our country is buy up our land, create all their factories, and then basically indoctrinate the workers. So then there's a revolution. It'll be really hard to put down if, you know, your neighbor is a member of the party. It's a scary, yeah. scary. And no one's doing I anything about it. I would not be surprised. Um, I have a different question, though. Sure. Did you hear about, supposedly, there's a very large lithium resource in Oregon or potential yes. site where they could find a lot of lithium? Did you hear about it? Yeah, and Biden blocked it, and he also blocked he's, oh. blocked. he's blocked mining. He's blocked mining of lithium in Oregon and other states. There, I, there was another source of rare earth minerals available in Minnesota and a couple other places where in the United States where we could source it here. But Biden has blocked all of those mining sites. Oh, that's uh, that's insane. Why would he do well, that? Well, I don't. Well, he says environmental concerns, but I think there's something a little more, a little shadier. Maybe it has back to the EV plants that are controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, um, don't you think it's kind of odd that it's okay to get lithium from places in, you know, controlled by China, but not in our own backyard, literally? And this has been a concern too. Um, and actually, some federal tribes are trying to say, "Well, you can come mine on our land because we want the revenue," and Biden's blocking it. Um, so even in places I where in, I think it's insane, but I, I won't say anything more. Yeah. If I disappear, you'll know why. <laughs> so, <laughs> if KJ suddenly off the air, you'll know the Chinese came and got me. But no, it is really scary. And there's some the same things are happening in Texas, too, where a Chinese uh, a Texas guy sold a bunch of land to a Chinese company. And there's no there's no uh knows no provision against it 
And I'm wondering why, isn't this part of our energy security? Isn't this part of our security in general to make sure that the land in America is owned by, oh, I don't know, Americans? Um, I know Texas has a lot of private land, but Jiminy Crickets, I don't think it, it you know, it's, it should be sold to foreign powers, whether it's China or, or India or England. I mean, you know, American land should be owned by Americans. Maybe I'm just a nationalist and, you know, uh, whatever, you know, I'm just uh, too I, provincial. Yeah, I, I, to- I totally agree. I think it's insane to let foreign countries control our resources and land. Totally right. insane. But nobody seems to care about that either, um, you know. Uh, so it's it's just sort of, right. I mean, it kind of goes back to my show last week when I was, or whenever I was talking about Chinese fact checkers. I mean, it really does. I, I didn't want to be too controversial, but this is in the news every day. But nobody talks about it. Um, so anyway, John, thanks for calling. Um, talk to you soon. Thank you. Um, you're on the Bold Brave TV network. You've been listening to the KJ Show with Dr. Catherine Johnson, your host. And we've been talking about some out-of-this-world energy ideas, and we'll be right back with some more interesting uh, pushback on some of these climate policies. Um, You won't be surprised who's pushing back. Come right back. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick. Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to EasySense.com and learn how, with your help, we can fight these horrific brain disorders. That's EasySense.com to learn more and help support the Broderick Foundation. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them. We discover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And welcome back to the KJ Show on the Bold Brave TV Network. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Johnson. Today, I've been talking about some out-of-this-world energy ideas, things that they're actually experimenting with to help reduce carbon emissions or air pollution or whatever you want to call it. Um, But guess what? There's been some pushback on these energy policies, these climate change policies from a lot of different places. Some are surprising, some not so much, but it's becoming sort of a snowball effect, almost an avalanche. First, ExxonMobil predicts that climate efforts will fail uh, because the uh, prominent, um, they said that our planet fuel doom, humanity is likely to fail its climate goals 
uh, by 2050 because frankly, they're just not, the technology is not available. Exxon published a grim prediction in the Wall Street Journal saying that while global climate change efforts have made some progress, CO2 emissions caused by fossil consumption will fall, uh, will only be a 26% decrease. It just won't be enough to curb a two degree temperature peak. Now, I don't know who came up with the two degree temperature peak because in the science I've looked at, in the journals I've looked at, the earth has warmed and cooled more than two degrees. But this is based on the accords from the Paris Agreement. But Exxon Mobil is saying it's going to fail. And obviously they have a vested interest saying this, but they're not necessarily wrong either. They said the energy transition is underway, according to Reuters, uh, but is not yet happening at the scale or the timetable required to achieve today's society's net zero ambitions. This is what I've been saying for 50-something weeks now. It's aspirational, but it's not practical. And now, finally, the fossil fuel companies are trying to say, yeah, you're right. You know what? We can't get to it. Uh, Fossil fuels remain the most effective ways to produce massive amounts of energy needed to create and support the manufacturing, commercial, transportation, industrial sectors that drive modern economies. We needed a Wall Street Journal article to say that. Um, they're also conveniently more, fossil fuels are infinitely more convenient than renewables. So I'm not surprised that a big oil company like ExxonMobil would push back, but they're not the only ones. BP, British Petroleum, the one who came up with the notion of the carbon footprint, also scaled back its plans to reach its green targets earlier this year after making a lot of money. It said that um, the company came the second year quarters that were down Actually, they, 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 they made money of soaring prices, but they're still losing money. So the company insists it's not scaling back, but it isn't going to invest in today's energy system. We're, we're investing in today's energy system and accelerating the energy transition. We're not making a choice between one or the other because we need both. And they also admitted, though, that they aren't going to invest in climate change for the sake of just for the sake of it. This really interesting guy, the president of BP, British Petroleum, said, has warned that the oil giant will not invest in green energy schemes unless they're profitable enough, uh, making a string of offshore wind farms unviable. He said the latest producer to reveal a drop in profits with oil and gas prices down, even when they are, are, are reaching record levels. But he warned green energy schemes have to pay their own way as oil companies face pressure from investors to focus on fuel production, fossil fuel, rather than less profitable wind and solar farms. Stockholders, capitalism, maybe somebody's finally getting the point that yes, these are great ideas, but they're not profitable. And if you have British Petroleum and ExxonMobil saying, we can't do it because we can't make any money, guess what? That's a reasonable argument. Um, another interesting thing that came out of the research I did this week was that um, the Green, Biden's green energy law is turning out to be huge. It's the Inflation Reduction Act. Actually, I just saw the inflation is actually up to seven, actually increased since we passed the law. But there's a lot of Build Back Better provisions and the Green New Deal. But they say that it's moderating, but they actually think it's turning out to be a bigger analysis is actually going to end up costing, according to a new analysis by Penn Wharton School of Business, that the IRA will add a trillion dollars to the debt for a net swing of $1.3 trillion. So they're actually, the Inflation Reduction Act is supposed to actually increase our national debt by $1.3 trillion, investing in technologies that are clearly not profitable in the marketplace. If we let the market 
decide, they will figure out a way, if and when it's feasible, to have renewable energy, solar, houses built out of mushroom fungi, those types of things. Let the market determine these things out and have government policies. And in a future show, I'm going to be talking a little bit, digging deeper into who actually is profiting on these investment deals. You won't be surprised. It's not Americans. It's the lobbyists. But um, electric vehicles are also thinking that they're getting federal tax breaks too, that they consist of costing the rebates for the EV rebates are going to cost over $393 billion, which was uh, much higher than the original Congressional Budget Office estimate of only $14 billion. So it turns out that the original CBO estimates are going to be off by $379 billion for the Inflation Reduction Act. 96% wrong. Now, when I was in class and I was doing my economics classes and my MBA and my DBA program, and I was doing my math, if I got something off by 96%, I would have flunked the course. You just can't have those kinds of assumptions. So somebody was kind of wondering who was the Congressional Budget Office doing? Where, where were they using their assumptions? Because assumptions are the basis for all of these things, right? But now Penn Wharton, the Wharton School of Business, one of the best in the world, is actually saying, no, 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 you're wrong by 96%. So Inflation Reduction Act is actually not reducing inflation. In fact, I was in a meeting a few months ago where I was at a meeting with a DOE government people explaining the Inflation Reduction Act, and there were nonprofits in the room going, isn't that an oxymoron? Isn't it going to increase inflation if we spend more money? Which I thought I learned in Economics 101. Apparently it is, and now we find out how much a year later. Um, And then another really interesting thing, this is actually happening um, not just in one city, but sort of a, a uh, cascading effect. Sacramento is the latest state, latest city to decide they're not going to ban um, stoves. They're not going to ban um, gas appliances because of the Supreme because of a federal court ruling. They said they're going to back off for now on enforcing. Uh, they wanted to stop. They wanted to ban gas, natural gas hookups in new construction, starting in 2023. However, there's a federal court ruling out in West that says no, that's illegal. And so because Sacramento is backing off, so other states are also backing off, including larger California cities, San Luis Obispo, Santa Cruz. And in April, the appeals overturned Berkeley's building electrification plant. And now that's also affecting energy codes in Oregon and Washington. The rolling ban has actually now um, put a chill on what, you know, for uh, L.A. and Berkeley and everybody said they're very nervous about the implications of the ruling because the federal court judge said this was uncon- this was basically inherently unfair and you can't just arbitrarily ban natural gas, something I've been saying for a long time. Plus, the ban was also just to, just to certain places. It wasn't to restaurants because the Restaurant Association lobbied successfully against it, but it was um, to put in new, and I must say more expensive natural, uh, ban natural gas and put in more expensive electric appliances, making housing even more expensive. So because of this ruling, all of a sudden these people who were trying to legislate through building codes are having a challenge doing it because it's not constitutional, it's not fair. Um, we'll see where it goes. Um, fascinating though, I really think. So there's been some pushback, some common sense is seeping in to the world of green energy. I'm Dr. Katherine Johnson, your host on the Bull Brave TV network. You're watching the KJ Show, and we'll be right back. 
what if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation author radio show host and coach john m hawkins reveals strategies to help gain perspective build confidence find clarity achieve goals john m hawkins new book Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them rediscover and assess their core values philosophies and competencies find settings that allow them to be the most productive and track their progress towards accomplishing goals listen to john hawkins my strategy saturdays 1 p.m eastern on the bbm global network and tune in radio and welcome back i'm dr Catherine johnson your host on the bold brave tv network uh, the kj show and today i've been talking about energy ideas that are a little out of your out of the world out of out of space out on space actually in outer space i think as i stumble through it um but it was labor day weekend on monday and um i uh, actually thought well it might be fun to look into a little bit about the history of labor day uh because you know we all take it off but we kind of forget well where did it start from and it's kind of like Memorial Day. I think it's sometimes it's important to remember the origins of our national holidays rather than just using it as another excuse to get some good fried chicken and picnics. Um, so history is actually not surprising. Labor Day was started by the late 19th century where during the labor unions took over, labor activists. They were pushing for a federal holiday to promote the importance of all the contributions that workers have made to America's strength, prosperity, and well-being. And that's actually true. I mean, if you think about the Industrial Revolution, where you had, um, you know, the the development of um, all this automation, whether it was the cars producing or the factories. I mean, obviously, the labor unions did prevent some really horrible injustices, the uh, squalid working conditions, the child labor, the dangerous working conditions. I mean, you know, the, we needed the labor unions to really protect workers and because the companies weren't going to do it, which is unfortunate. And there's been a lot of stories about horrible injustices done to workers. And there still are actually happening with our illegal trade. We still have sweatshops. We still have um, terrible working conditions in places in America that are protected by labor unions. So labor unions had a very important role in making America a much better and safer place to live. New York was the first place to have uh, introduce a bill, but Oregon was the first state to actually pass a law saying we're going to have a federal, we're going to have a Labor Day. 
1887, and then later on, on four more states, Colorado, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York, all passed laws too, creating the holiday. And then eventually it was, you know, by 1980, 1894, 23 states had passed it. So they actually made a congressional, passed a law saying the first Monday in September would be Labor Day. Um, and But the really the first, the first celebration back in 1882 actually led to almost to riots and dangers because in New York City, there was some conflict over who was going to be celebrating. And there was some conflicts amongst the labor unions themselves. And um, so there was some concerns about, you know, unfortunately, labor unions weren't always um, just, you know, nice John Teal people. I mean, some of these union organizers kind of got into fisticuffs, too, um, which almost kind of ruined the first holiday. So, you know, like everything else in America, it has a really colorful past. And Grover Cleveland was the one who signed the law, uh, making it a national holiday in 1894. So it is interesting to me. Um, we really don't ever think about the workers um, that do have literally built this company, country, whether they're the factory workers or whether they're, in my heritage, the, the farm workers, the uh, farmers and the, the, the ranchers and, and the folks who actually went out and took their, their acre, their, their, their land, and they went and you know, settled in Minnesota and they you know, persevered for five years and were able to build up uh, a farm and support children and provide food and, and grain to the country. I mean, those sorts of workers too, they're not necessarily part of the labor union, but they certainly are really important to the backbone of America, which is why I keep wanting to emphasize that there's a lot of great things about America. I think our American workforce is some of the most talented and certainly creative in the world. Um, sometimes we let politics get in the way and overshadow how really important workers are. And I'm not talking about workers in the Communist Party sense of workers, but I'm talking about the folks who make, whether they work in a factory or work in an office, these are the engine of our economy and we need to understand them. They're the taxpayers too. The folks that are funding all this, all these ideas, uh, technologies about giant vacuum cleaners and all kinds of other things. So, and the American worker, whether they work in an office or a factory or a farm or a ranch or in the solar companies or in this in the tech world, American really does need its workforce. And it really, I think, sometimes we're overlooked. Um, I'm a small business myself, and um, you know, there's people forget that small businesses are actually the backbone of economy and labor in all of its different ways. We are hard, America benefited and became a strong and prosperous country because it's its hard work ethic. It's not limited to one country or one ethos, but American ingenuity has won a bunch of wars, put us on the moon, and who knows where they're gonna take us next. But I have every confidence in American labor. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Dr. Katherine Johnson, your host on the Bold Brave TV network. The KJ Show, and be sure to sign up for my Substack newsletter at substack at johnsonconsult.com or just KJ Johnson at K Johnson at Johnson Consults, and I'll be happy to have you subscribe. The, the newsletter digs into a little more of these ideas. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. This has been The KJ Show. Tune in next week as Catherine shares her insights to current changes in the energy industry while drawing on her experience as an energy efficiency consultant for the past 30 years. Right here on The KJ Show. With 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.